Among the latest new provisions of the America Invents Act to take effect are changes to the timing and requirements of an inventor's oath or declaration in a patent application. These changes offer significant opportunity for companies seeking patents to speed up the process. Finnegan partner Adriana Berge joins us now to discuss the changes to Inventor's Oath under the AIA. Adriana, what are the changes to the Inventor's Oath or declarations? Generally, overall, there's two main changes to the Inventor's Oath or declaration practice. First, the statute, uh, 35 U.S.C. 115, now requires that inventor state some specifics, that is, the application was made or was authorized to be made by the person executing the oath or declaration, that the person executing the oath or declaration believes himself or herself to be the original um, or the original joint inventor, and finally, they need to acknowledge the penalties by making false statements. And with those changes, the oath or declaration no longer needs to In the past, you've had to name all of the inventors, you've had to identify the inventor's citizenship, you had to include that the inventor believes himself or herself to be the first inventor, and you also needed to include foreign priority claims. So all of those requirements have fallen to the wayside. The second big change that has occurred here with the inventor's oath or declarations is the timing of actually submitting the inventor's oath or declaration. Now, an oath or declaration may be postponed until the application is otherwise in a condition for allowance as long as the applicant has filed what's called an application data sheet. And that signed application data sheet has to include all the names of the inventors, include the mailing address and the residence of each inventor, and include a foreign priority. So really, overall, the two big changes are what is actually included by statute that you have to include in the inventor's oath or declaration, and then secondly, the timing of when you actually submit the inventor's oath or declaration. And really, these changes that the Patent Office implements in the inventor's oath and declaration, their main aim is here to streamline the application filing process and to simplify the content requirements and to try to interject some flexibility in the timing of of filing this inventor's oath or declaration. So, Adriana, how have the changes to the inventor's oath or declaration impacted continuation practice? Well, that's a very good question. With the final rules going into effect on September 16th, there was and is this practical impact on continuing applications. And when I say continuing applications, I mean continuations, divisionals, and continuations in part. As we just discussed earlier, there was a change in actually content of what needs to be in that oath or declaration. And as a result, the requirements for what is now required in an inventor oath slash declaration has changed. So when you file a continuing application now, you may not necessarily be able to rely upon what was filed in the earlier or the parent application, so an application that had a filing date before September 16th. Previously, we could actually rely upon the original inventor oath or declaration that was filed in that parent application, unless it was a CIP application where you would need a new oath or declaration. But now, with these rule changes, we actually need to go back to the inventors if we file a continuing application and have them execute a new oath or declaration that includes this language that has now been changed in the statute. And sometimes, um, from a practical aspect, having to go back and find all the inventors in some instances may be problematic as they may have left the company or you may not have a follow-up address. 
but the office feels that because the change in the timing requirements, they're giving you more time to actually go back and to get that inventor to sign a new oath or declaration. So there is some flexibility built into the system, but there definitely has been an impact on continuation practice. Can you discuss a bit the benefits for a company filing in their name rather than the inventor's name? Well, this is another statutory change that the Patent Office's rules implemented. Instead of filing only in the names of the inventors, an assignee or a person to whom there is an obligation to assign or a person with a sufficient proprietary interest in the claimed invention can now file and prosecute a patent application. So the term applicant is no longer synonymous with an inventor. And by filing in the name of the applicant, um, it doesn't mean that the inventor is out of the picture. Each inventor still must execute that oath or declaration, but now a company can file in their own name. And the patent office, even though the applicant, i.e. a company, files in its own name, it still requires that the inventor partake by executing the declaration. And from a practical perspective, the patent office will actually still use the inventor's name to identify applications by. Finally, Adriana, where can companies find the updated forms for inventor's oath? Companies can still find updated uh, forms for the inventor's oath by going to the patent office's website. However, I would also encourage companies to visit Finnegan's website to get further information and to contact us with any questions or concerns that arise or if there's any follow-up questions regarding the America Invents Act. And in particular, with all these changes that have occurred with the inventor's oath and declaration practice as it is now. Our guest has been Adriana Berge, a partner at Finnegan, one of the largest IP law firms in the world. For more commentary on intellectual property news and issues, to listen to other podcasts, and to receive additional information on the firm, please visit www.finnegan.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Finnegan.